If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. So I am so excited to have Emily Curl joining me. What's up? I am so happy to be here. This is such an honor to be on the podcast. Well, girl, you are just a little mover and shaker doing awesome things, and I'm so happy to have you on here. Thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. So right now, we you live in New York, but you have been quarantining in Georgia, where you're from. I, I have. I have. And let me just tell you, it's such a weird thing to be back in your home where you grew up, but also with a professional job that you got in New York. So I feel like all of my worlds are colliding and I'm having to like relearn how to be a kid again, but also still be professional. I mean, it's been just such an interesting time. So, okay. So that leads me to so many questions. First question is, <laughs> what was it like in the beginning of quarantine when coronavirus hit, being in New York, which was, which was what I feel like was sort of like the epicenter of everything. And then what is it like being back home and what have you learned living with your parents now as a grown adult with a career? Yeah, yeah, such a great question. So I remember I, we, did, we do these things at iHeart called live sessions where we have artists come in and they perform a small set to our iHeart audience and I host the shows. And it's one of my favorite things. And I remember it was March 12th. We had just hosted a live session and everyone's like, I actually think like we might take the rest of the week off. We, you know, ended on this high and they're like, and I think, you know, for the coronavirus, we're just going to be at home. And I remember getting on the subway that day and it felt different. And I was like, I actually think we might be here for a long time. And then later that week, we had a meeting with our team and we were like, well, what equipment can we send Emily to start working from home? It, it, just for a couple weeks. And then obviously here we are in, what is it, August now? So it's just, it was such a crazy transition to go from hosting this live show with a ton of people listening to live music. Then the next day it's like, oh wait, now I'm in my apartment for who knows how long. And so for those first few months, I luckily had two roommates, but you know, New York is small. We were in some tight quarters and you know, I don't cook. So I was like learning how to cook in this small kitchen. <laughs> I was like figuring out my studio setup, which was on my bed because my room is so small. 
And then, so three months went by and in New York, it was very, very serious. So we hardly left. We were so scared. We went to the grocery store. We were wearing gloves, masks, the whole shebang, everything. So we were super careful about that. And then, so then I decided, I was like, you know what, while I have this time, I'm going to come down to Georgia for a little bit. And so it's been really interesting. It's, I never thought in my lifetime that I'd be this age and back at home. Um, but to have a little bit of space and be able to like breathe for a moment. And I've been in New York for going on six years. And so I keep telling my friends in New York, this is the first time I've had a moment to just like chill and be like, Oh wait, I don't have to run around and get on the subway and go do this and this and this. I just stay still. And my parents are actually both pharmacists. So they were in the medical field. So they've been working a ton. Um, but I feel like my relationship with them has been, uh, one that's filled with compassion. I think being an adult, being back at home with your parents, you realize how much as an adult now you can kind of see, it's like, oh man, I wonder what it's going to be like to have my own family or how I'm going to do things. And you sort of see them as people instead of your parents growing up and getting ready to leave the house. Has it been kind of fun to become more friend-like with your parents? the best ground. We have happy hours every night and we sit outside. <laughs> we mostly talk about their lemon tree, the grass, how it's growing, you know, it's like, is it the right shade of green? And it's so funny. It's like such a nice break because I feel like in New York every single day, as you know, as we all know, we're always, I mean, for me, I'm always on social media. I'm always like, what can I do next? Who can I talk to? What can I, you know, always on the go. So to have a break and just talk about grass, lemon trees and drink some wine. I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> that is so true. I feel, I feel that hustle. And obviously you've been hustling it and you've been w having great success landing a gig at iHeart hosting major artists. I mean, you're in your twenties, right? And I just turned 28. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, to have such a great job, how did you get this job? How did you decide that you were going to take the plunge and move to New York? And then how did you start making your way in this industry and especially such a competitive industry in New York? For sure. For sure. So it, I studied digital and broadcast journalism at the University of Georgia. And I always knew I wanted to do entertainment, but like you're saying, there's no clear route and any person in entertainment you talk to, they all get there different ways which is both discouraging and encouraging at the same time. Cause you're like, there's so many ways to get there. How can I find out? And so I started my journey working at refinery 29 actually. What's and that? it's a digital and lifestyle women's entertainment company. Okay. And so we do. Yeah. So it's a really, really fun company. Um, and I was there for over five years. And so, but when I first decided I was going to go, I loved this company and I was like, all right, I'm going to take the plunge move to New York. And everyone told me to lie on your resume what they Which, tell you to lie about? Your address. They say I lived in New York. Oh, so, so you, just, said, wait, you said you lived in New York, but you didn't? I lived in Georgia and I applied to a job in New York <laughs> with my friend's New York address. So I ended up getting interviews and they were thinking I was right down the street. Meanwhile, I was flying to like go <laughs> up there. And then when I, they offered me the job, I had one week like, to come back to Georgia, pack my bags and move to New York. I wow. recommend this strategy to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it worked really well for me. So I packed my bags. I moved to New York. And my best friend at the time, Rachel, was like so gracious to let me live on her couch. And so I learned the subway system in like a month or so. I mean, it was like I fully was like in Georgia one week. And then the next I was now living in New York working for this company. Major um, culture shock. Like just lifestyle shock. I didn't even own a coat. I was oh. like, what is snow? Do I? 
<laughs> how do I prepare for this? I mean, it was such a culture shock. Um, and it ended up working out really, really well. I, I was there at Refinery for yeah five and a half years and um, kind of had a crash course in production. And then about two years in, they really started blowing up and expanding. And so um, I sort of expressed to my boss that I was really interested in doing on-camera stuff. And so from there, I got to host some of our live shows. Then I started doing our red carpets and was a red carpet correspondent for Refinery. And it was so, so, so exciting. Um, and then sorry, I got to this stage where I was producing a lot of branded content. I was doing a lot of the shows. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. I think I want to fully, fully pursue being a host. And so at the time, I was like a producer host deciding which path I was going to go on. And I decided that this was it, that I, I would be upset with myself if I never really went for it. And so from there, I spent a year interviewing and auditioning and figuring out exactly <laughs> what I want to do. And then when this opportunity with iHeart came up, I, I had a gut feeling. I got that first email and I was like, oh, this, this is it. it. And I've always loved music. Like I was telling you, I've always loved country music too. And so it was so exciting to get to be in this world that I knew so well personally, just for being a fan of everything and then to have this opportunity. The day that I got the call that I got it, my roommates knew it was coming in and, and we were all sitting outside. They were sitting outside my room and I was on the phone in there. And then as soon as I said, are you serious? I could hear them cheer. <laughs> and that night we actually took a Polaroid and we kept it on our fridge and we put the date. It was like the day that I got my call and I got my job. And um, so it was just a, such a special moment, especially because so many people had helped and encouraged me get to this place. So it felt like a group win. And honestly, the best part of that process was getting to FaceTime all my friends afterwards and be like, I got the job. And that oh. is a, like a phone call you don't forget. How does that feel to actually make a, a plan, a dream, a vision, and put yourself out there and then land it? Like, how does that feel? Does it feel surreal? It feels so surreal. It feels so surreal. And, um, and it just was such a long process. And it was a lot of, and as we all know, it's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of no's. And um, it can be really discouraging at times. So I, then you start getting the imposter syndrome of, well, am I even good at this? Do I even have these skills to do this job? Is it worth continuing on? And then when you just get that little bit of affirmation, that little confirmation of we want you on our team. I mean, I feel like that did wonders for my confidence, but also I feel like for the first time I was like, you know what? No one did me any favors here. Like I earned this job. And then you sort of, I, I feel like for me, I've taken on this new, uh, like responsibility almost. It's like, you know what? I worked really hard for this and now I'm going to own this moment that I have been waiting for. Um, and so it's sort of pushed me into this whole new mindset of, you know what? I'm here now. What can I do? How can I enrich people's lives? How can I be a great interviewer? So people feel seen and heard. And, and, um, and so it's really sort of shifted my mindset with this role. What do you like to do to prepare for interviews? What do you think makes you a great interviewer? I love hearing how other interviewers minds work yes okay so I have a couple things and I'm curious I want to hear your thoughts on this too I actually wanted to ask you about this so I'm glad you brought it up okay good um I have I have two big things that I will say one is whoever I'm about to interview I watch as many videos of them as possible in interview settings because one thing that I really want to do is make my interviews a little more unique so we all know you know when someone gets asked the same question in every single interview you know they get they, their answers become routine and my favorite thing, how I know I'm doing a good job, is when they say back to me, that was a great question. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I watch it all, and I sort of decide from there. It's like, what do I know they like to talk about? What do they not like to touch on? And how can I go even deeper? 
So on a different level, we feel connected and they feel more comfortable to share with me because I've already done my research and I, they know that I know them. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I do when I'm like writing my questions and compiling them is I start with what do I think they want to talk about and, and what do I want to encourage them to go deeper on? And then I back my question into that. Okay. So I think of their answer first and then write the question backwards. Okay. So when I'm writing a question, I'm like, what are they, what do I think they might want to say and how can I set them up for success in that way? Um, but it's interesting. What do you think? Do you, do you have like, well, I kind of feel like I, I definitely do a lot of stalking. Like I get on everyone's Instagrams and kind of like get an understanding of their life and their personality. And obviously are they, Mine, I don't really have to talk about what people are promoting so much because it's not mm -hmm. like it's not like a news. Um, my podcast is like a news feed. It's not like right. oh, here's the latest single dropping or here's the latest project or whatever. So I kind of, I really just love to get to the core of people's souls and like what motivates them. And I love to talk about the journey because I feel like for me, mm -hmm. I was always super intimidated by um like I just always I struggled with my self-worth and like feeling like oh my gosh like how these these people out there are doing such amazing things like how do they do it I feel so intimidated and then like getting to hear people's stories and realize that it is the roller coaster and they're all, like you were saying there's the rejections and then there's the Lying on your resume, putting yourself out there, taking <laughs> these risks. Like, you know, like you have to do things to push so yourself in a way because th everyone does. And no one just walks into their like dream job just so easily. It's like a big process to get there. And I think that that's super encouraging mm -hmm. for other dreamers to realize that. So I really love to hear like the just the process of how someone – a, figured out what they wanted to do, and then B, made it happen. Because I feel like all of us have these dreams inside of us, and sometimes we just need Don't to you? know that nobody has their shit together. We're all just winging it. <laughs> all, all winging it for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what I will say, too, is when I think back on my journey, and um, I just think about there specifically, I remember I had one mentor who was my boss and she's now like one of my closest friends, but her name's Crystal. And I remember the first time we were hosting a live show, the first time I went to an audition and I absolutely bombed it. It was so bad to the point where I was like, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting this job. I'm quitting my dream. I'm, I'm over it. Oh, and you and probably just like replayed that in your head over and over and over again. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> That's one that, that one does keep me up at night. But I remember I went back to Crystal's office and I was, you know, really upset. And she was like, you know what? For our show now, what I want to implement for all of us is we're going to start really detailed script writing because that's what I really messed up on was reading the script and, and delivering it in a way that felt natural. And so she took these small steps with me and it's always set out small steps that she didn't have to take to help me get better, you know, and to have that practice. And I think of all these moments in my life where I've had women especially just really pour into me. And I think that's a huge part of the journey that um, maybe doesn't get talked about enough is how many people it takes to, you know, to have someone to get there, to get to this next level, but also like how important it is to align yourself with people who do believe in you, who are going to encourage you, who are going to help you. Um, and so even with, even me now, if anyone reaches out to me for help, it's like, I always try and like give that back because I had people in my life like Crystal who just 
did so many small things that they didn't have to do to make sure that I was set up for success. Isn't that really incredible to a lot of people are like the entertainment industry is so cutthroat and people will, you know, stab you in the back to get ahead and all this stuff. But mm -hmm. like, I have also found such a supportive community of people and like Nashville in general, I actually have a shirt on that says spread love. It's the Nashville way, but I have, um, oh, cute. <laughs> I have found that I think, I think you have to come in with the talent, the raw talent there and the drive to do mm -hmm. it. But then when you have those two yeah. things and also a positive attitude, like I can already tell like you have such an incredible positive attitude and hardworking attitude. And I feel like if you have those two mm -hmm. things with raw talent, like I feel like people really do want to help. And like you said, like you want to then help in return because you see what a big difference it makes. And that is such a beautiful circle and cycle to be a part of because there's room for everybody. We don't have to be so worried that like we have to just hang on to our little spot and not share. There's room for everybody to have their place. And what a blessing it is to be able to all work together because then when you do get success, it does feel like a group win. And how much more fun is it to have yeah. all these people in on the journey? So fun. You're so, so right, honestly. And, and it is nice to see like, cause I, I feel like you know, people that I've been involved with, like get to get to be a part of their lives, like to see them have these moments. It is so exciting. And don't get me wrong. There's a couple of times too, where I have to check my jealousy and be like, your, your time's coming chill, you know? <laughs> um, but so it all is, it's always a balance too, of, of just like knowing who you are, knowing your worth and being able to show up for other people too. I love that you said that because I love that you're real about it. Cause like who doesn't have moments of jealousy, you know, like you see someone else get this great job or do something awesome or have like 5 million followers or like get a huge break. And it's like, why, how do they do that? Why not me? But I, I have really come back to what you just said. And I agree. It's like, if you keep doing the hard work, putting in the time, the effort, the energy, the hustle, and mm -hmm. you have the goods, like your time won't come. It has to, right? Yeah, I know that that's what I think too. And, and I try to remember when I get like, cause I feel like I get bogged down a lot about like social media or, or not being influential enough, whatever that even means anymore. Um, but I have to take a moment and, and pause. And I always remind myself, am I loving what I'm doing? Am I doing the best that I can? And am I enjoying this process? And then if those are the answers and I know that I can keep forward and keep pushing forward and, and keep working on myself and keep growing those other things that maybe I am stressed about, but at the end of the day, does that really, really matter? It's hard to, I mean, obviously we all worry about it, but um, it is interesting. I do have to check myself a lot with that stuff. And I try to tell myself, do I feel resistance? Am I forcing something? Mm -hmm. Am I like pushing this because I feel like this is something that my ego really wants to happen, but like really it's not my true um, so I'm aligning mm. with my truth and these doors really aren't opening, like things are closing and I'm feeling resistance. Like I've had times in my life where I felt so much resistance. It actually makes me feel ill and nauseating. And eventually like that turned out to not be the road I was meant to go down. So I've started to kind of learn that for me, like if I can really just stay in line with like, what is flowing into my life? What do like, like the questions you're saying, like, what do I feel like I'm actually talented at and good at and like this is mm, really my mm -hmm. strength and are these doors opening for me and are, are, if, if they're opening like even if it's not like huge doors like is it still moving in this direction that feels natural to me then I'm like okay I think I have to be on the right path because it feels right and it's like and it's moving 
forward. You know, I'm not forcing it, but it's, it's naturally rolling. What do you do to stay grounded in that? That's something I've been learning, especially during quarantine is like, how do I practice these things every day so I can keep moving forward? What works for you? That's, that's a great question, Emily. <laughs> uh, it is. Um, I feel like, so I, I actually just turned 37 yesterday and Oh my I, gosh, happy birthday. Thank you. I, um, I feel more aligned than ever. And then more just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing more than ever, you know? And I also mm -hmm. feel like the heaviness of the world where it's like, I just don't want to yeah. do stuff that doesn't really matter right now because there's so much going on. It just is so hard to realize it's happening in our world. Um, so for mm -hmm. me, I feel like it started, I started with a dream when I was in uh, high school that I just wanted to be in the entertainment industry. Like I didn't really know exactly how I wanted to be in it. I just knew I was drawn to that. I loved all of it. I started getting into, I moved to Nashville and then I started interning and then like through interning, I started seeing what I was curious about and like what really I was drawn to. And that was originally like being an artist, like a singer and a songwriter. And then I realized I didn't really love writing songs. Like it didn't come natural to me. Like I did it for a long time, but I didn't really love it. It was always felt super forced to me. I never looked forward to it. So I think that kind of thing, like if it feels forced and if I, if you don't look forward to it, then take note of that. Even if it's like you're on this path and you're like, well, I need to do this to succeed, but like, I don't really enjoy this. So I was like, okay, yeah. after a certain amount of time, I was like, I don't really like songwriting. And then with singing, like I loved singing, but like I hated doing harmonies. And I realized my lead, my voice wasn't necessarily strong enough to be a lead singer. And so then I was like, okay, so I love singing. Yeah, I was like, I love singing, but like really it's not like the full thing. Like it's like it's getting closer. And so then um, I got this opportunity. I just sort of kept following this, my curiosity. And like it started, it just mm -hmm. started with entertainment in Nashville. And then I just got here and then I started diving into different parts of it and like realizing, okay, this doesn't really feel right to me, but it's what I'm doing. And then I just slowly started learning that like, so after my, I was in a band and the band fell apart and I got an opportunity to go on The Amazing Race, which is a TV show where you race around the world. Oh, I know. I know. I know, <laughs> I know this about so you, John. fun. And like, I, when I did that, I realized like, oh my God, being on TV and using my personality, like I felt alive all the time. Like I just mm -hmm. felt like in it and I was like, I love this. This is exciting to me. Like I have no dread. I have no resistance. Like I feel energized. And I was like, how do I do that, like do like TV personality stuff all the time. I didn't even really know about hosting. And then I was like, then I started realizing, oh my God, there's this whole world of hosting and talking to people. And then podcasts had just come out. And so I was like, I'm just going to start talking to people on a podcast. And then I really just had this instant love with it and it felt easy to me. And I loved hearing people's mm -hmm. stories. And that's when I kind of realized, I, I think I just let my curiosity lead me like and like I would get into things that felt like sort of close to what I was wanting but I didn't really know what I was wanting and then I would feel like oh that gives me resistance that doesn't and it just sort of like mm -hmm. led me to this and it I think I just fall I, I just follow that curiosity and the open doors really how, really long how long is this podcast <laughs> does anyone know I mean especially <laughs> now like in these times um wait and, and how old is the podcast 
Um, I think it's four years old. Four years old. Wow. I started That's a amazing. podcast before I even knew what podcasts were. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I, my friend had just told me, I was like, should I start a blog? I don't know what I should do. She's like, no, you should start a podcast because podcasts are about wow. to blow up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. So you can be no like at a great time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I started right before podcasts were blowing up and I'm so thankful I did because I didn't know what I was doing. And I think, um, I can never say this word right. Naivety, being naive is bliss sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because you True. don't really know what you're doing. You just start it. For sure. But I mean, that worked out great. Honestly, me lying on my resume, don't know what I'm doing, just starting. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, how do you know? It's like, interesting how do you though. Do love. Uh, wait, how do I do what? Like you were saying, like, how do you, uh, I, I don't know exactly how you worded it. Like, how, like that whole spiel I just gave. I don't even know where, see, I, this is how I am. I'm so spacey. Like, I don't even remember exactly the origin of the question. I don't either, but I was fully invested in it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love how you talked about following your curiosity because that's some of the best advice and I was learning because it is like, I think a lot of people, a big misconception I had about hosting, which I feel like you can attest to this was when I was in school, I was like, okay, I'm going to be on screen. I'm the face. Some, and I just read a script and that I can do. But what you don't realize is how much goes in behind the scenes of like producing and, and maybe casting or writing your own questions or learning how to navigate difficult conversations. But one of the best pieces of advice I got about conducting interviews is following your curiosity with the interview. Yeah. So it's like, what makes you question something else that sparks a new question that leads to a new idea? Um, so I love that you said that in your life because I feel like that's something that applies to so many things, even something as small as having a conversation with someone. Um, and especially not like trying to read a script or be too forced with anything is like what makes a good host, I think is someone who really listens is authentic and right and can respond and, um, to what is naturally going to be curious to them. Totally. I totally, totally agree. And I think a big part of that is how, um, you have to like follow your intuition and put yourself out there and trust your gut instincts. How do you have the confidence to do that? Like, are you ever scared you're going to crash and burn or like that you might ask a question that just like totally flops and then just put, you have to put yourself out there when you kind of go with the flow. Like how do you navigate that? Oh my God. I, I'm laughing as you said that question because like I can feel my face turning red from some of those, <laughs> from some terrible moments I've had. But um, actually one of my, one of my favorite women that, that I've worked with before, um, her name is Claire Wasserman and she founded Ladies Get Paid, which is essentially this organization that helps women negotiate their salaries and ask for more and gives you uh, really constructive tips. She's awesome. And one of her mantras that she always says is living is learning and I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And every time, and I love that so much. And every time that I really mess up on something or I make mistakes, which is every single day, because if you're taking risks, you're going to make mistakes, which just right. comes with the territory. I repeat to myself, living is learning and I'm alive. So when I hang up that FaceTime call or that Zoom interview, take a deep breath, Yes. <laughs> realize I'm alive and I'm learning and I'm not going to do that again. Um, but, but like you're saying, it definitely is something scary and something that I'm still growing in. And even like going back to like social media, I feel like it's tough now to even be super vulnerable online, you know, cause like even as a host, I see the way people respond to videos or to artists or celebrities. And sometimes it's really unkind. So that also sometimes plays a mind game with me of if I share too much or if I'm too vulnerable to myself, like, are people going to attack me for me? And that seems like that would hurt a little worse. So if I can put up this small little barrier between us, 
does that make me, you know, is that going to be a little bit more of a buffer? But in reality, people relate more to people who can show all sides and are relatable and can show those moments, but it does take a ton of confidence that I'm working towards. So in this world that we live in right now, like there's so much happening and do you struggle Mm -hmm. with saying the wrong thing? Because I feel like sometimes I don't feel educated Mm -hmm. like perfectly on every single topic that's happening, but I'm passionate Mm -hmm. about change and I want every, I want, I want justice and equality and all that. But sometimes I feel nervous to speak up. Do you feel that way? Having a platform and a voice like you do, do you feel, um, do you feel nervous to, to speak how you feel about stuff in this culture that we're living in right now? That is such a great question. And I'm so glad you're bringing it up because I, I definitely do. And I think especially to just having a platform working for a company, um, I want to make sure that everything that I say, um, is going to promote, you know, um, equality and is going to ask those questions that um, are going to allow other people, you know, to also promote that too, that they can share on their platforms. Um, So it's something that I've been really working on. And in in fact, I have a little um, calendar, (laughs) calendar invite from Rachel Car, based on Rachel Cargill's free lesson, um, especially in regards to Black Lives Matter, a little calendar invite that's every morning that says do the work. And I try and read one article or watch one video or do something every single day so that I can put in the, in the work for anti-racism. So I, I always try and do that. And I'm trying to read and learn even more so that when I do show up for my job, that I am very prepared and, um, and that I am, you know, using the right language and, and being super on top of that. Um, but it, but it's tough and it, and that is scary, but I think it's so important, especially for me, you know, I want to keep growing and I want to be the best host I can be. So I think learning and getting better and, and staying informed is all part of the job. Have but you, I'm curious, how do you feel about that too? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I no, no. I was going to say, have you been able to work in some of these questions into your interviews about what's going on in the world? Yeah, such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that too because yes. And what's been really um, inspiring and hopeful for me is a lot of times they they bring it up first before I even have time to get there, you know? And so I've noticed there's such a hunger for these artists to talk about it and they want to talk about it and they want to, um, know what's going on. They want to share their side. A lot of them have been to marches and protests and rallies and they're sharing what's happening and, and how it's impacting their music, how they're creatively impacted, how they're going to release their new music, how they're being more inclusive on their teams, how they're asking good questions to their labels and their managements. And, and I think for me to tell me that I think is really, really cool because this is going to our iHeart audience. So um, I've been really inspired by that. So a lot of people have been super willing and open to talk about it, which I think is so great. Who has been one of your most favorite recent interviews? Ooh. Um, one of my very first interviews on the job, because I started in January, so I haven't been there super long at iHeart. Okay, so um, you started and then Corona hit. So you were just like, yeah. just getting into the groove of it. Just getting in. So yeah, I was there two and a half, wait, January, March. <laughs> three and a half months. Three months? I'm not good at math. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm like, yeah, well, however long. Yeah, so I started, um, was finally getting the hang of it. And then that's when we all were working from home. Um, but in those three months, I got to interview Dua Lipa, which oh. was like the best. What did she have to say? I love her. She was so awesome. Um, she's su- such a calm spirit and she's so funny and cool. Um, but she is all about supporting other women. So hearing her talk about her album that's basically just like a like dancer size fun class that's also just being like 
can I cuss on, on this? And I'm oh, yeah, being like, yeah. I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Um, being like, I'm a bad bitch. And, <laughs> um, and you are too. And just that sort of energy was just so cool to me to see. And um, so I absolutely loved her and just like getting to hear about her process making music. But for being such a huge star, she just was like so chill and calm and cool. And I just really loved her. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Who surprised you? What did you, what, who's an interview that you've done that you were like totally surprised by who they were? Who surprised me was Phineas. Billie Eilish's older brother and they produce a lot of stuff together and he oh my um, God. does his own little, music. They're such a little dynamic duo. How they've just, do they just create this in their home? They truly do. And you know what's interesting, Caroline, too, is a lot of other artists that I've talked to that are, that are releasing music kind of up and coming, Phineas produces a lot of their stuff. Phineas is everywhere. So I have to say, Phineas is so talented. Um, but I really liked him. He was quirky and he was like <laughs> a fun, fun, nerdy, you know? It's like, yeah. and, um, and Billy, I feel like is so moody and dark and cool. And Phineas, I feel like was, was different, like a different than that. So what I expected. Um, but he is so smart. And so he obviously writes a lot of his own music, plays a lot of his own music. Um, but he's such a phenomenal producer and can do so many genres. So I was really blown away by him. Um, not only his personality, but just like how talented he is and, and how much he does behind the scenes too. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Yeah. That's so interesting. What are the, what, before Corona hit, what are these iHeart shows like that you were hosting? Like what goes down at them? They're, they're so fun. They're probably the most nerve wracking thing, but they're really, really fun. So. Cause you can't mess up. It's yeah, like it's live. Wild. If you mess up, you just gotta be like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and sometimes Carol and I say the craziest things and then I just have to laugh at myself on the mic and then I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, what have you said? But Oh man. Like, um, I remember one time I was like, it was a Wednesday and I was like, who's ready to party? Like it's a Friday. And everyone was like, what? And I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, it, that didn't really make sense. And like, that really didn't hype anymore. You're like, okay. <laughs> I was like, awesome. That was a swing and a miss, but that's okay. Living is learning and I'm alive. So I'm not using that one anymore. Um, but no, so we do a lot of in-person interviews. So artists will come in and we'll do a ton of different content uh, collabs with them. So interviews, games, all of that kind of stuff with our content team. And then we do a separate thing called live, live sessions. And that's an artist can come in and they'll play a three song set. And so um, Phineas came in, he played a three song set. We have some other up and coming artists, but they range from all different genres. At one time we had like a rock band come in. Oh, the Cadillac three. Do you know the Cadillac oh, three? Yes. Love them. Known them forever. There's some of Michael and Jaren have been like besties forever. Love the Cadillac three. They are so awesome. They're and I, so I, good. Felt, I felt so bad for them because the show I think was at 11 AM and I think they either had a show the night before <laughs> or had one later. So either they were like hungover or it was like way too early for them to be there. They had their guitars like rocking out. They were amazing, but I'm sure they had never done like an 11 a.m. show in a corporate <laughs> office. Um, but they were so great. So they have, we have a whole range of artists who come in, but it is so fun. Um, so one of my favorite parts of the job, but again, we haven't had that in a couple months and I'm not sure when we'll be back, but I think I miss so much live music and I feel I like we all do that. I know. I know. I feel the same way. It's like, oh, all these virtual things and face Instagram lives. It's great. And that's awesome. But just to have the energy of a live concert, there's really nothing else like it. Who are you most excited to see once we're out of quarantine? What concert are you looking forward to? Well, obviously a thousand horses. Duh. My husband. Yes. <laughs> I need to come to iHeart. You too. <laughs> I know they, um, they're putting a new single out on August 10th and it's so good. It's called a song to remember. So, um, I actually really there, this is crazy, but my husband is my favorite band. And I think that I, I talked to a lot of artists wives and I'm like, you really can't be married to an artist if you aren't a super fan of their music because mm -hmm. it's such a part of their makeup. And like, it, it's such a part, it becomes such a part of your marriage that if you're not like in it to win it all the way. Yeah. I feel like that would be pretty miserable. <laughs> did you, did you know the band first? Or did you know your husband first? I knew him first. How'd you met, oh gosh. We met at a bar when we were in our early twenties. Uh, just getting, oh, drunk, I love that. getting drunk and making out. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that is a true love story. A tale as old as time. <laughs> uh huh. You know, if you can't get drunk at a bar and make out and fall in love, then what, what is life? Honestly, see, that's what's wrong with 2020. It's like, we need to go to bars and make out. Yeah. That's what we're missing. What is dating like in New York? Are you dating? Are you single? Like what's going on in your love life? Actually, funny you mention it. I, um, I met my boyfriend. We've been together Ooh, okay. uh, a little over a year. I met my boyfriend on Bumble on a dating app. So you're so the dating in New app York. generation. You are the one. Cause I missed it. Like I'm, I yeah. miss the dating apps. Like what is it like to date on Bumble. It worked clearly, especially in New York. What is it like dating, to date? Dating in, New York, dating in New York is insane, first of all. And it's so funny to me because the options are truly endless. So yeah. it's like sometimes you'd, and when I was in like my, my high peak of online dating, it's like sometimes you go on a date and then you truly never ever see them again. And you never worry about seeing them. 
But yeah. on the opposite of that, I went on one date that was so bad. We both agreed it was like so bad. I ran into him, Carolyn, four times in the world, oh. in New oh. York. I was like, oh. the universe is mad at me. <laughs> Are you nervous going on a date um, in New York? Because so- you don't know anything about people. Like, I feel like kind of like in a smaller town, like, or like, <laughs> even like Nashville, it's a big city, but you can kind of like figure out background check through friends you know like you really can't really background check anyone in new york like how do you know you're not dating someone who's a total psycho me and my friends have gotten so good at online stalking someone (laughs) so we you know you find them on linkedin you've got their instagram you know where their cousins live it's like i feel like you have to really research so before any of us go on any dates we know way too much about them, which honestly is like a little common. Cause I, I feel like in New York, it's interesting. Like you'd almost rather meet someone on a dating app where you can trace who they are back to them. than if you meet someone in a bar, you're like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. I get <laughs> where that. Where do you even live? Like you really, they're not like, it's not like Nashville where it's a little bit of a smaller town. It's like you're in New York and you're probably never going to see them again. So it's like at least Bumble, you're like, okay, we have some sort of route that we can trace it back to. But um, I met my boyfriend actually because I had like gone through a stage of online dating and it can be really disheartening anywhere, but in New York especially because there's just so many options and people are always going through. But we, I had gone through a phase where I was like, I'm deleting all apps. I'm taking a break. Right. And I had taken my break, taken time to work on myself. And then I was like, I'm going to re-download. And the first person I swiped on was Camilo. And, um, and I'll never forget, he's, so he's an, an artist. He's an art director and an artist. And when we were chatting in Bumble, we were talking about, you know, things that like we like, things that we disliked. And somehow we got on food and I was telling him how I hate beets, like the food beets. And um, so he was like, well, let's reimagine it to make you, you like this beet. And so he, we reimagined this character and we called her BB. And then that <laughs> night he had texted me and he had drawn me this gorgeous beet in like a little beret and Chanel boots and like, <laughs> and he had watercolored her. She's beautiful. And, um, anyways, I was like, wow. So we had just like gotten along so well. And then on our first date, it was like instant. Like we talked for hours, like, you know how you get the stories and, and then he had brought Bibi and at the end of the date, he Stop. gave her to me and I still have her, but now oh. Kevin, it's so cute because anytime anything big happens in my life, like when I got my job at iHeart, he painted me an iHeart beat. <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> these little, these little beats all over, but, um, it's, it's really, really sweet, but he is, he is so talented. So he's always like painting and drawing me things and it's really sweet, but he's the best. What's it like do dating an artist, dating a creative? Cause I feel like you're a creative also. What is uh, creative? What is your creative relationship like? That's interesting. I've never asked that before, but he, um, we, he's the first like long-term partner that I've, that I've really ever had. Cause I was kind of like, you know, in New York, I was like, I'm having so much fun. Three months here, three months there. It's too long, you know? And then so Camilla, I was like, oh, wait, I can be serious with him. And I think the biggest difference was that I really trusted him, not only on a personal level, but with my work, because it was so important to me and same with him. And um, even now it's like, he watches through all of my videos. It's like, I, I just filmed this like 20 minute long makeup video. And, and he was like, I don't know anything about eyebrows, but you know, and he's like giving me notes and like, <laughs> he'll Photoshop some photos of me. We, he'll stay in the phone. We'll run through scripts. We'll walk through things together. Um, and vice versa. Like he'll like send me, you know, some of his stuff to look at, or we'll read each other's cover letters or he helps with my website. Actually a, a prime example of who Camilo is, is during the quarantine, I was having, you know, a breakdown as we, as I have once a week for sure. For sure. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we, it was Saturday night and like, instead of watching a movie or doing anything else, he was like, why don't we get some beers, get a little drunk and, and fix your website. 
And we did for hours. <laughs> he fixed my website that. drunk on a Saturday night. So he's just, I mean, he is like so awesome in that thing. Yeah. And it is like such a great working relationship and something that I didn't even know that I wanted in my life, but it is so nice to have him to offer this other perspective. And you're right to be so supportive. So what would you tell your younger self who say someone just like you, a young Emily who has big dreams, who wants to take big jumps with her life, who doesn't really know how to do it or what the process is, but you know you feel it in your heart and your soul. Mm. What would you tell this young 18-year-old, 20-year-old girl to do, to go for it, to make it happen like you did in the big city of New York? Like, What would be some key, some key pieces of advice that you would suggest? I think two things. I think on a personal level, I wish I wouldn't have been like at that time, I wish I wouldn't have been so scared of myself and scared of what other people thought about me. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. You think think everyone cares so much and everyone is examining your every move, but really they don't care. They either like you or they don't. And then they really don't think about you again. So it's so important. You're so right. Don't overanalyze it. Don't care so much. And I think about the people that I love are the people who are just so unafraid to be themselves and they're unafraid to have opinions and they're unafraid to have dreams. And those are always the people that I looked up to. So it was like, why was I so afraid? Why was I so afraid to have any of those things? It was like the, the more that I fit in and the more that I blended in was the better I felt about myself. But now I'm like, I'm a little bit further along and I'm like, you know what? Those things, if you can hone in on them at a young age and embrace them, it's like, those make you successful. Those make people want to know you because you're so unafraid to be who you are and to own those things about you. Yes. Um, which yes. I think is just so important, especially going into this field. Cause like you really do have to develop thick skin, you know, and obviously people are supportive and encouraging, but there are some people that aren't. And, and so it's learning how to, to be comfortable with yourself and comfortable with those things. Um, and then I think on a professional level, I think back to like my time in college and granted I had a great time in college. Um, but I always think I'm like, what would life have looked like if I would have just started a little sooner? Mm. And I think now it's like on, we have our phones where we're like, you can be on Instagram, on TikTok, you have all these creative outlets. And I I've always loved entertainment too. And, and so many things I look back where I'm like, I wish I would have, you know, started a, a Twitter about, about the bachelor or, you know, or like, I wish I would have started a live show on my Instagram. And, and I just think for people right now, it's like, go ahead and, and hone in on those skills that you know, you want to use later and, and enjoy those things that you love now and practice and practice and practice because to get to where, where you are, where, where I am, it's like, it takes practice to be good at things. It takes practice to like have a podcast and, and be able to interview people. And, and, you know, I just feel like the more that you can, um, flex those muscles and, and flex those skills. It's like the better off you're going to be later in life when you have just a little bit of experience, even if you make it up. <laughs> and I love what you're saying too, like about social media, take advantage of social media, especially these younger, this younger generation. Like there are so much opportunity to, I mean, I don't even know how to go viral, but like to like do, to come up with a creative thing that people want to see. And then you have, everyone has op- the opportunity to have a platform so if you can like figure out how to make Instagram and TikTok and Twitter work in your advantage, you're so right. That is that actually can be a, a mark on your resume. You can mention those kind of For things sure. these days, which is nuts, you know, because social media is just such a huge presence presence in the entertainment world. 
and it's cool too, because I feel like you can find other people out there who like the specific things that you like. So like, yeah. it, so you can like have this whole community of people who also love whatever it is that makes you happy. And before you really couldn't connect on that level. So it's like to be able to find other people that are obsessed with the weird things you are. That's, awesome. that's fun. It's great. That's awesome. Where, if you could picture your life in five years, what would it look like? Oh man, well, I, I hope we're out and about and not quarantining <laughs> anymore. Please, dear God. Um, for sure. Um, you know, that's such an interesting question because I feel like when I was first getting started in, in New York, it was like, my answer was always like, I'm going to be on E! News. You know, that was, that was the whole thing. And and it's funny, it's like as you as you grow up and you learn and, and you do have different experiences, I've realized for me that like my dreams have maybe shifted a little. And before, like for instance, I never even knew this job at iHeart was a possibility. You know, it's like so when you have these new experiences, your mind just keeps opening up. And so I feel like for me, I now that I'm in this job, I'm like, I love this job so much. And I love getting to talk to artists and I love being in the music world um, that like, it's interesting. It's like my other dreams have morphed and shift. So I don't even know. I truly cannot even tell you what you, next week looks like. So let alone five <laughs> years, but I'm enjoying this ride. And I think for the first time in a long time, I'm taking a step back to like making a huge life plan. You know, I'm thinking I'm just enjoying this time. I'm so grateful to have this job. Um, and we will see from there. I love that. I love that you said I'm taking a step back from making a huge life plan. I think it is so good to have like ideas of what you want to do, figure out your passion, all that. But then it's also so great to just hold it loosely and let the universe, the higher force, all of the different yeah. factors that come into your life just guide you. Because like you said, you could not have even imagined this job, you know, when you Truly. were starting and now it's, just love it. It's, it's, it's a dream job for you. So it's like, give yourself the space to let stuff flow. I love that. I think that is so wise. Thank you. And you, you know, it's, um, what my, again, going back to my boss that I had for a long time that really helped me. One thing she always told me was she was like over prepare and then give it to God. And mm. so, and I'm a spiritual person. So I think when I, when I do anything, I, uh, like I fully exhaust every single corner and then I'm just like, and now I just let it be. So even when I do, you know, or even like working or prepping on something, it's like, I'm going to do everything that I can. And then I'm just going to sit back <laughs> and see what happens and what opens up. Like you were saying. Oh, I love that. And that kind of makes life feel magical, doesn't it? It does. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I lost you for a second. Okay. We're back. That kind of makes life feel a little magical. And it makes it feel like you're, you have a purpose regardless. It's like your plan is going to work out. It's meant for you and it's going to be for you. It just depends on how you're going to get there. I love that. Emily, you're so sweet and inspiring. And I'm so glad we got to get to know each other and chat and you share your story. I always end my podcast with leave your light. So what do you want people to know? Ooh. Just in general? Yeah, just wide open. Mm, 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 mm. Well, first of all, let me just say that I am fully obsessed with you, and this was ah! so fun. <laughs> and I'm so glad I got to be on this. I'm an emotional um, hot mess, so thank you. I appreciate that. Same, honestly. <laughs> um, wait, can I, I had to look something up. I read something the other day. Can I, okay. can I do yeah, this? Sure. It's your world. I read Emily. something the other day that really spoke 
Okay, let's hear it. Okay, I read this the other day and I thought this was great and maybe good to share right now. But it said, what if you moved through your life as if you were easy to be loved? And um, I thought it was so cute, especially for like right now. I, I know that like there's so much happening in the world and there's stressors on all fronts and we're all feeling the need to do more and to say more and to, to be better and to continue growing. And, um, and I think that's so important, but I also think it's important to be kind to ourselves and to acknowledge that we are, can give love, but we should also be open to receiving love. Um, cause I think that's the only way that really we're all going to be able to show up and be our best selves to make this world, the world that we want to see. Um, but I do have faith in, in this generation and in everyone that we are going to get there. Um, but I think it starts with kind of what we've been talking about this whole time is, is being comfortable and happy and safe within yourself. So then you can provide that to others. I love that. And I, I just want to briefly talk about what do you think is different about this generation? Like this younger generation, it's like the twenties and younger, like, what do you think is going to, I feel like they're going to be the ones that really game change our world. What do you think is different with them? I actually interviewed a TikTok star the other day and I asked him the same question. And I think what is different is this generation, this younger generation, I don't think they're scared of politics and not that I grew up scared of them, but I grew up slightly disinterested. And, and I feel like now I'm a little embarrassed to admit that, but I, I just felt like it didn't affect me. And I think now this younger generation is so willing to have conversations about um, things that are happening in the world, about political conversations, about environmental impact. And like we see it on their TikToks, they'll post a hilarious video. Then the next, they're like a call to action of how to register to vote. So I think this generation is not afraid to embrace all that. And in fact, I think it's cool for them, you know, and it's cool for us to see, but I think they really appreciate other people who are also doing that same thing of not afraid to embrace all sides of life. And that includes being activists and making change. I love that. And they're using social media to be fun and an outlet for the creativity, but then also to have a, a bigger message. That's freaking awesome. How cool is that? And it was really cool with this, with this star too. Cause he was like, I was talking about, cause he was, I think he was just turned 17 or something. And he was like, yeah, I just don't have any interest in like drinking or partying. He's like, I, I got bigger things to worry on. And I was like, me in high school. It's <laughs> like, can we go to the mall this week? Like, I just feel like it was just such a different world that like, I was so impressed with this kid. Like he had no time to, to party or, or no time to like do other things. He was like, I, I'm busy with, with all these life things that I need to accomplish. Busy with changing the world. I mean, that's Great. awesome. Heck yes. Okay. I have, the, this gives me hope. The younger generation really does give me hope. I think, I think that, I think it's going to be, I think they're going to turn around for us. And I just have to believe that. I'm hoping for that. I, I really am. <laughs> well, Emily, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for sharing your sweet soul. And um, I just hope one day we get to cross paths and meet in real life. Same. And I heart, please come to the live session. Okay. Maybe when a thousand horses, maybe when the world opens back up, a thousand horses will do a session hosted by you and I'll come and it'll be the best. That would actually be the best, the most fun. Okay. We're putting that out there in the world. Carolyn, thank you so much for having me. Wait, can I, I want to take a photo of us. Really yeah, quick. yeah, take it. <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. Yay. Bye. Okay, thank, thank you, so Emily. Thank you for coming on. Right, thank you. Bye. 
thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.